I'm a DACA recipient, and I came to the U.S. when I was four years old. Um, I do have some memory, more than I think an average four-year-old would have, but I never really comprehended, you know, I grew up, I started preschool here in the U.S., so all my education as far as school has been here, so I believed my entire life that I was a U.S. citizen. I mean, I didn't even have a concept of what that meant actually growing up. So the way I found out, um, a conversation with my parents never happened. Uh, they didn't prepare me. I think that's the case for a lot of DACA recipients, and it is a very traumatic experience. I mean, to this day, um, I have nightmares sometimes, but uh, what happened was I told my father that I wanted to get my first job when I was 16. I was in high school. My friends were getting their first jobs. They were congratulating each other, getting their driver's licenses, and I've always been very motivated and always, you know, teacher's pet, honor student. So I wanted to take that next step, and my father referred me to a family friend who referred me to another family friend who took me to this very sketchy place in, I don't know if it was downtown Los Angeles or someplace that I just felt like I didn't want to be there. I felt like we were doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was told to go to a photography studio to take passport photos. And we came back uh, about an hour later, and I was handed an envelope. And inside that envelope was a card um, with my picture on it and the words resident alien across the top. And just seeing that alone just crushed me. It crushed just my idea of who I was, what I thought my future was, where, you know, just everything. I just felt horrible. I felt like we were doing something wrong. I wanted nothing to do with that. And um, and that was how I found out. And I, I didn't use that card. I still have it. I'm saving it because I just always want to remember um, that experience. So, Maribel, did that prompt a conversation with your dad? Uh, it did not because my father, uh, well, it wasn't my father. He referred me to a friend who knew, who had a connection. I guess that's kind of, I mean, I guess that's kind of its own thing going on. And he, my dad knew these people. So it didn't because my father was always very, um, you know, just very uneasy. Like not, he's not approachable. He's not easy to speak with. I've always had a very um, difficult, I think, relationship with him. And it's always been tough to communicate with him. So it was very intimidating for me. I just, you know, I was, I felt shame and I felt I was depressed and I was scared and I was confused and, and I, I didn't even know how to bring it up or what to ask. You know, I was, I think I was afraid that if I asked, like the response would be, are you so ungrateful because we brought you here? Like that's yeah. sort of what I thought would happen. Was there anyone you had to talk with about this or at age 16, was this just dumped on you and make the best of it? There was not, there was no, <clears throat> back then, you know, there was no DACA, there were no dreamers, we had no identity, we were living this, we had no, people did not know we were, we existed, we were just kind of that margin, you know, um, but no, I had nobody to, to speak with, it was, I would write, I wrote a lot, you know, in my books about how I felt, and and it was a very traumatizing experience for me. I think a lot of DACA recipients do suffer from PTSD, like for myself, I have nightmares still sometimes, and um, about about you know, being deported or or other aspects. Just different dreams about like people trying to cross over and and people like trying to come after us and we're hiding in a basement or something like these really weird dreams just about you know having to hide for our lives and and people trying to cross and trying to hide. Quick, just just a quick um, and then I I need to get to the next caller, but sure. I was just wondering. Um, once once you were able to apply for and receive the DACA status, did that mm-hmm. did that make you more open about it? Did you did that change how you shared your status? Very much, yes. So before DACA, I was open. I was 
flying to D.C. to tell my story with, you know, press conferences and stuff already. I mean, I was willing to risk any, everything that I had because I just I didn't think this was right. But after DACA, um, I was able to become more public as far as with my friends. And, and I created a small documentary. I'm working on a documentary now, actually, that I've been filming for the last 11 months. And, and we're adding this whole, you know, what, what's happening now onto that story, too. Um, but it's definitely allowed me to be more vocal and open and public about it. Um, it's, it was kind of like taking this huge burden off of my shoulders, and it really was like just one of the best things that happened. Maribel, thank you so much for sharing your experience. I really appreciate it. Just a um, wonderful call.